Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Our text will be found in verse 14. We are not going to stay here. We're going to come back to this and, and move forth into different places this morning. I've entitled this message, As Many As Are Led by the Spirit of God. That's what the text says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, there are many people in our generation and generations before who claim to be led by the Spirit of God. There are certain religions that would kill innocent people and claim to be led by God. There are others who claim to be led by the Spirit of God based on miracles or speaking in tongues or different outward signs. They claim that these are manifestations of those who are led by the Spirit of God. How are we to know then who is led by the Spirit of God. How do we know the difference between someone who makes this claim and is false and those who make this claim and are true? There are some who are led by the Spirit of God. But how shall we know this? How do we know these are false prophets? Simply by looking at the Word of God. There is the source by which we may know if we are led by the Spirit of God. Now, before our Lord suffered on Calvary and rose again from the dead, He spoke to His disciples at length about the Spirit of God. He said in John 16, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come? This is what He's going to do. He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He shall show you things to come. Listen to this. He shall glorify me. If you want to know if someone's led by the Spirit of God, is the message they preach glorifying Christ? And many glorify the Spirit. Many praise the Spirit. Well, true, the Spirit is, worth, is worthy of our praise. He's worthy. He is God. But yet when the Spirit is manifesting Himself... He's always testifying not of Himself. He is testifying of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the message of the Spirit. So if you want to know if a group of people are led by the Spirit, what's their message? What are they preaching? What are they hearing? What do they want to hear? Those that are led by the Spirit desire to hear what God speaks to the Spirit and is this... Jesus Christ. We're preaching Christ. And so if a man preach anything other than Christ, he is not led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that simple? That's just plain. It's a plain language. We can know if a man's speaking the truth or a lie if he testifies of himself. If they preach you... <laughs> This is, most modern churches are preaching about you. 
What you need to be doing, how you need to be acting, what you need to be giving, and how you need to be building things and, and, and doing the, this work and that work. That's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God testifies of what Christ has done. And I'm going to tell, I'll, I'll show you later when the Spirit of God leads you, He's going to lead you into obedience. Obedience to the law of Christ. Not the law of men, not the law of the church, the law of Christ. And we'll see what that is in just a minute. And so we, anybody speaking of obedience to the law or self-sacrifice, if that spirit testifies of these things, it's not the spirit of Christ, spirit of Antichrist. Those who are led by the Spirit of God testify and give glory to Christ because that's what the Spirit testifies of. Are you led by the Spirit? How do you know? You glorify Christ. <laughs> you magnify His work and His person. You love and honor and, and praise His work. You believe on Him alone. Well, that's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit. Now look at this. Who then are led by the Spirit? Go back to your text and it's going to tell us who is led by the Spirit. By this phrase. For as many as are led by the Spirit. You know who's led by the Spirit? As many as. I don't know. What this tells me is this is a determinate number, doesn't it? Not everyone's led by the Spirit of God. But as many as are led. There is a number of people that are led. Not all men are led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to use this phrase to go through the Scripture and show us who are led by the Spirit of God using this phrase. First of all, as many as are led by the Spirit, I want you to know that they were ordained to eternal life. Go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And look at verse 48. Paul had preached the gospel. He preached the gospel to these Gentiles. And listen to this. It says this, When the Gentiles heard this, what did they hear? They heard what the Spirit of God testified of. Jesus Christ. They heard the message of Christ. When they heard this, they were glad. They were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. They glorified the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. As many as. Who were led to by the Spirit of God? As many as were ordained of God. That's determinate number that God has ordained to eternal life. He done so by the sovereign election of grace. This as many as were ordained. I like this word. It, it means you're not going to miss it. I had a brother who was uh, in our church one time. And he, he, uh, him and his brother came for the first time on Wednesday night. And that old church that we old building we were in, it was dark. And they pulled in that parking lot, and they did rock, paper, scissors. He was going to go in. They said, we don't know if we're going to go in this place. And, and, and this one man, he won. You know, he said, let's go in. I won. And <laughs> they got in there. And that night, my brother, J.D. J. Farmer was his name. The Lord saved him that night. That night, he said, I heard my shepherd's voice. And he believed. And one time he came to me and he said, you know what? What if I'd lost? 
There was no chance you would lose. <laughs> it was ordained. It was ordained of God. Your salvation was ordained of God. But listen, I don't know how many, as many as are. Do you? I don't. Only, we may see only the effect of God's salvation by regeneration and power of the Spirit. Otherwise, we can't tell who these ordained ones are. I don't know. We cannot tell. But God has from the beginning chosen some of Adam's race. This I know. Why? The Word of God plainly tells us. He plainly tells us. He says this in Isaiah. Uh, Paul recites this in Romans 9. He said, had God not left a remnant, had God not chosen some, we all would have been as Sodom and likened to Gomorrah. There would have been no hope had there not been election. Salvation is rooted in the sovereign election of grace. And this doctrine, we, 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 we call it uh, unconditional election. It is one hated of men. Why would men hate it? It's the only hope for man. It's the only hope for man. Praise to the glory of His grace that He out of His own sovereign love did choose some to grace and mercy and salvation. He did. He chose some of Adam's worthless, sinful, vile race to eternal life. He ordained them to eternal life. And all of them shall be led by the Spirit of God to faith in Christ. As many as were ordained to eternal life, what? Believed. And we who believe, we know the corruption of this nature, don't we? As many as ordained to eternal life, I know you know this. You are led by the Spirit to know your corruption. You know your nature. You know the hopelessness of your nature to please God. And if there were any hope, God had to ordain this salvation. If there were any hope for me, He had to, he had to purpose it. He had to purpose it. I always liked that illustration. The uh, man came to Brother Barner and asked, lady came, I guess, and said, you know, I know there's a difference between your religion and ours. It's, uh, it's election. And he said, I don't understand it. He said, did God save you on accident or on purpose? On purpose, she said. Well, he said, you understand election. God saved you on purpose. On purpose. And so we preach the gospel to all men, then without discrimination, without compromise. We cast the seed at a venture, not knowing where to land. That's not my job. That's not my, my intent. I don't know where this is going to land. He does. And so we preach this at a venture, knowing and are assured of this, that our message is always successful. I didn't believe that. I just quit. <laughs> I just quit. It is successful. In spite of us, in spite of our failures, it's successful. It's successful whether or not anyone come. You know that? If no one come, you, 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 you mark it down. God ordained it. If they all come, 
God ordained it. God purposed it. So God says this, my word goeth forth out of my mouth. You see, I'm, I'm preaching to you out of my mouth, but truly, if it's effectual, it comes out of his. He's speaking to you. And my brother J.D. said it. He said, I heard my shepherd's voice. I didn't hear you. Good. Don't hear me. Hear him. My word goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. So God sends preachers to preach the blood and righteousness of Christ, and we are successful no matter the outcome. We are a saver of life unto life to some, and a saver of death unto death to others. Who is sufficient for such things? And so all that God ordained to eternal life, listen, they will be led by the Spirit of God. They will. Why? God purposed it. Who? As many as. As many as. The second thing is this. Those who are led by the Spirit are as many as were given to Jesus Christ. God purposed their salvation as many as. And those as many as were given to Christ. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. <clears throat> Our Lord here about to go to finish the work. And he says this. He lifts up his eyes to the heavens and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son. That thy son may glorify thee. I thought of this. How is he glorifying the father? He was going to the cross. He was going to magnify the justice of God and glorify his justice, bearing our sins and dying in our stead. And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that, here's the purpose of this power, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Therefore, all those chosen of God, as many as were ordained to eternal life, these same people were given to Christ in an eternal covenant of grace. They were given to Christ. What does this mean they were given to Him? He was made to be responsible for their salvation. All of it. He was made to be responsible. And we've got multiple pictures of this in Scripture, don't we? That picture of the surety. The picture of of Judah being surety for Benjamin. He said this, If I bring not the lad again to thee, let me bear the blame. That's what Christ said in that covenant. He is a surety of a better covenant. The covenant of eternal grace and salvation, he swore that he would bring all God's elect to him. You remember what he said in John chapter 6? He said, this is the will of him that sent me. You want to know the will of God? Everybody wants to know the will of God. What's the will of God? Here it is. That I should lose nothing. That's the will of God. Everyone he hath given me. I should lose nothing. Boy, that's, that's bold speech. Only Christ could speak like that. We're going to go to the restaurant. And I say, I, we shall go to the restaurant. Maybe, maybe not. 
don't know. When he says something shall, it will. He said, I shall lose nothing. Man, that just destroys, that just destroys myriads of religions. He loses nothing. As many as were given to him, he loses none of them. He is their surety. Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born. His humanity. Unto us a child is born. He's going to be a man. Unto us a son is given. The eternal son of God is to be a man. Upon his shoulders shall rest the government. The government shall be upon his kingdom. That's what it is. Not just governments. It's his kingdom. His kingdom. He's responsible for them. And they, his kingdom calls him wonderful. Right? Isn't that what his kingdom calls him? Wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's what we call him because he's our surety. Secondly, we can see he's our high priest. He's our high priest. Go, go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Paul explains a high priest. This is the, this is the one that intercedes, that makes offerings. He said, for every high priest is taken from among men, is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is also compassed with infirmities. Look at verse 5. So also Christ. Wasn't he taken from among men? Yes. He was ordained of God to be a high priest. So Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but that he said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. He saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever. Not after the order of Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek, an eternal priesthood, an everlasting priesthood. You know, those old priests, they only endured as long as their life. They were, the, they were a priest as long as they lived. And then when they died, somebody else, you didn't know what you was going to get next. Somebody else was going to take over that position. But Christ, His priesthood is eternal. He's our priest ordained of God forever. Who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto Him that is able to save Him from death. And He was heard in that He feared. Though yet he were a son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. Called of God an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Who did this high priest represent? As many as the Father gave him. This is pictured in the nation of Israel. That high priest in Israel only represented Israel. Didn't represent Moab, didn't represent the Amalekites, didn't represent the, the Philistines, didn't represent anyone else except Israel. And that's the type, that's the picture. Christ represents as many as the Father gave Him. And after strong cryings and supplication, after His crucifixion, Scripture says being made perfect, He was perfect. His salvation's perfect. Perfect. 
He accomplished as our high priest everything his elect needs. Look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, those priests standing daily, verse 11, offering those same sacrifices that can't take away sin, but, but, but this man, this man's different. This one's different, isn't he? There they are over there. This man's all by himself. <laughs> this man. Look at this man. Isn't this all we want to preach? I want you to see this man. I want you to see Christ. This man. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins, he sat down. In that old tabernacle, there was no chair. There was no place to rest. Why, they were never finished. But this man's finished. And he sat down. God raised him from the dead and set him down on his right hand. Henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he alone by himself hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are they? As many as the Father chose and as many as he gave to Christ. That's who are sanctified. And you know what? He is the shepherd of those that are as many as the Father gave him. He's the shepherd of them. He said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for one group of people. My sheep. My sheep. And it is his intent by his offering and righteousness to give us eternal life. Isn't that what he says in... in in, in John chapter 17, he just told us that. All power is given unto me that I should give eternal life to who? As many as thou hast given me. And what did he say? I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. This is who are led by the Spirit of God. And thirdly, those who are led by the Spirit of God are as many as God shall call. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So we have as many as God ordained to eternal life, as many as were given to Jesus Christ, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, what is the promise? The promise is forgiveness of sins and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. Everyone God chose and ordained, everyone Christ died for, this is the promise to you. Remission of sins and receiving of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Well, how many is that? As many as the Lord our God shall call. <laughs> That's who it is. As many as. Peter was preaching repent. This is what we preach. You that are outside of Christ. Preach. We preach repentance. You know what you need to turn from? Your righteousness. The worst thing you have is your righteousness. That's the worst sin we commit. Self-righteousness. 
The reason you don't believe is because you have something you think God wants. You got to turn from that. You must turn to Christ. Repent and turn to Christ. Believe on Him. And this promise then is to you. The promise of forgiveness of sins. You know who needs forgiveness? Sinners. No one else. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I know the as many as God ordained, as many as were given to Christ, all of them are sinners. Every one of them. It says, as many as are far off. Anybody afar off from God? We all by nature are far off from God, but not everybody knows it. And when God calls you, you'll know it. When God called me, I was afar off. How many years did I sit in a pew and think I was close to God? And God said, you ain't near me. You're afar off. These are the ones God calls. All who are ordained to eternal life and given to Christ. Listen, how do you know if you're called? You're called from darkness to light. Listen to what Peter said. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. He says, but you are chosen generation. You're chosen. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That shall show forth the praise of him who hath called you. Out of darkness. Into his marvelous light. What is this but calling us from death to life? Death to life. And you hath he quickened who were dead. You that believe, you know this. I was dead. But now I live. And what's the evidence of this life? How do you know you live? I mean, you confess you live, but anybody can do that, right? Anybody can confess this. How do you know you live? Simply this. Do you believe on Jesus Christ alone? Can you believe on anything else? You that believe, can you believe on anything else? When you look at your words, can you believe on them? No, I see. I see what my works are. My best work is sin. I don't even look to my faith. I don't have faith in my faith. I do have faith in the object of my faith. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Everyone is led by the Spirit is called of God to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are brought from death to life. And this... This is an act of God. This is a work of God. Only God can give life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the only one to do it. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, that's a picture of what he does for us. Have you been raised from the dead? What is the evidence of this? Simply this. You receive him. That's my fourth point. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are ordained, 
They're given to Christ. They're called by the Spirit of God. And those called, all of them do one thing. They receive Christ. Look at this in John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. Verse 11. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. Now there may be some of you who have not received him. You are in this category. You have not received him. You know why? You've not been called. If you've been called, you will receive him. There's no doubt. But as many as received him. To them gave he the right to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. As many as the Lord our God shall call without fail shall receive Christ. Now receiving Christ, I want you to know it is an act of will. It is an act of will. To receive Christ is an act of will. Just not yours. It's God's. He tells us this. You that receive Him, I know this, you willingly receive Him. Now you willingly receive Him because you can't do anything else. So is that a choice? It's not. I'm thankful it's not. I have no choice. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if it is true faith, you will continue to believe on Jesus Christ all the days of your life because you are led by the Spirit. And so we receive Him. How is it that we receive Him? By the will of God. That's what He says. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. You know, I want my children to be saved. I want them to believe on Christ. But it's not by the will of man. That destroys all the Roman church completely. It's easy. The Roman Catholic Church has no, no standing here. They believe salvation is by the will of their priest. God said it ain't. Some believe it's by the will of the flesh that man has some will, some ability. God says it isn't. We're born again by the will of God, and those born will receive him without doubt. Without doubt, they will receive him. That word received, I heard this one time. It is, uh, it's, it, it, if one is thirsty and you take a glass of water and you drink it, you receive that into your body. You receive it. Now you take the drink because you need it. This is how we come to Christ. We know our need of Christ. We know His blood alone can cleanse me. His righteousness alone can clothe me. He alone can make me acceptable with God. I have a need. I come to Him as blind. I come to Him as dead. I have a need of life and sight. And the moment He calls me, I receive Him. I'm willing to receive Him. Are you? You that receive Him. Who gets the glory for that? God. The scripture tells us that we were, 
that his people shall be made willing. I was unwilling until he made me willing. And when he made me willing, I was very willing. And today I'm still willing. And I tell you what, I've not stopped receiving him. I've not stopped believing on him. Because receive him is simply to believe on him. And those that have received him, listen, you have been, you were ordained, you were given to Christ. Christ has justified you. And now by the Spirit of God, you have received his his salvation, his, his mercy. And those, lastly, those that are led by the Spirit of God, they walk according to one rule. One rule. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse 15. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. What rule had he been talking about this whole time in Galatians? Remember the Galatian church where they were saying that circumcision had some part, that Christ You must believe on Jesus Christ, but you must also add this one thing. And his whole argument is this. If you add one thing to Christ, Christ shall profit you nothing. And so then we believe this, that salvation is by grace through faith without the deeds of the law, without the merits of the flesh. And so we don't, our rule of life then is not the law. Circumcision availeth nothing. Uncircumcision availeth nothing. The law avails nothing. But the rule we walk by is this, faith in Jesus Christ. This is the rule of peace. This is the rule that believers walk by. It is the law of faith. He tells us that, that the just shall live by faith. He tells us that in chapter 3. He says in verse 10, for as many as. There's, there's another group of as many as. For as many as are of the works of the law are under its curse. Is that you? That's not me. They're under his curse, for it is written, Curses everyone that continueth not in all things written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Isn't that evident to you? That's clear. To me, that's very clear. Nobody's justified by the law in his sight. For the just shall live by faith. This, my friend, is the rule of our life, not the law. Not church ordinances, not any of those things. That's not our rule. That's not our law. Our law is simply this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our law. That's the rule we live by. And in chapter 6, he's talking to, if you wrote from chapter 5 and chapter 6, I want you to see this. He's not talking to the ones that failed. Those who believed in in circumcision. He's not talking to them anymore. He's talking to those who maintain the faith. And he starts talking about love. 
Mercy. Those believers that had fallen, if they turn, if they, they, they abandon that, what do you do? You receive them. That's what you do. You receive them. You don't point your finger at them. Ah, you failed and I was faithful. No, we consider ourselves. He said, consider yourself. If your brother failed, so could you. Receive such an one with the spirit of meekness. Walk by that rule. Faith and love. This is the commandment of everyone that is led by the Spirit of God. Go to 1 John chapter uh, chapter 3. I said this last night, but this is worth repeating. 1 John chapter 3. You want to know what the commandments of, of Christ are to the believers? This is very plain. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23. Let's read 22. And whatsoever you shall ask and receive, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And so you don't have to guess which commandments he's talking about. He says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. There's one. And the second follows. And love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And herein and hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he hath given us. I'm just going to mention this. I got plenty of, plenty more pages, but I got close. <laughs> David, I, I, I'm trying to get the whole counsel of God in here. I'm trying, but I'm not going to be able to tie. I want you to know that you that are led by the Spirit, that the Spirit of God dwells in you. This is a, this is, this is the blessing. This is the earnest, isn't it? This is the down payment that God gives. He says in Ephesians chapter one that this is the earnest. The Spirit of God is given to us. And He leads us in these things of faith and love constantly. He keeps us. He sustains us. He moves us to love and compassion and mercy and grace. And this is good because we as believers, we are a new creation. God has created in us a new nature that is absolutely holy. Absolutely perfect. Absolutely obedient to the Spirit of God. Absolutely. Cannot sin. Listen to this. As He is, how is He? Jesus Christ, how is He? Right now. If you were to be able to see into the portals of heaven, how is He? He is holy. He is glorified. He is magnified. Listen, as he is, so are we right now. 
How do you think God sees you? I didn't ask how you see yourself. How does God see you? He sees you as he sees his son. He loves you as he loves his son. And yet every believer understands the pain of the old man that still abides. The struggle. As many as are led by the Spirit, there is a struggle within our own breast. Remember Rebecca, she had the promise of God that through Isaac should seed should come. And she said this, when the twins struggled, she said, why am I thus? Anybody ask that? Why am I thus? Why this dull and lifeless frame? Hardly could they be worse that never knew his name. See, you're led by the Spirit. You struggle. You struggle with the old man of sin. But here's your comfort. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not like you shall be the sons of God. You are the sons of God. You were sons by adoption. You were sons by purchase. And now you are sons by possession. He keeps us. He possesses us. We are His. But listen, He is mine. He's mine. So then as you are led through this wilderness of sin, this wilderness of trials and difficulties and pains, as many as are led by the sons of God, they are the sons of God He says this. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Who are they? As many as. As many as the Lord ordained. As many as Jesus Christ was given. As many as he died for. As many as are called by the Spirit of God, as many as receive Him, as many as have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, they are the sons of God. Are you one of these? Are you led by the Spirit of God? Do you walk by that rule? Faith and love? Well, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And this is not just, it's not something we can't know. I like John. When John said this, you know, that you may know. How many times did he say that? That you may know. Why do you need that? Because I need to know. I need to know. Do you know? May God give you that. 